Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Believe. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so, so excited to be joined today by ESPN's Lindsay Theory. Lindsay talks about her professional journey, building relationships through authenticity and kindness, how being a mom has made her a more efficient writer, and so much more. It's a really fun and inspiring episode, so make sure to enjoy, rate, and review. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me. Forget my job. As you know, I've been wanting to talk to you for so long, so I'm happy it worked out. Tracy, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's start really where I have everybody start uh, and have you take us through your professional journey and how you got to where you are at ESPN today. Uh, it's been 14 fun years in the industry. Uh, I'm not going to... Yeah, it's crazy to think about that. I, I'm not going to like take everybody through every single little detail because it's a, it's a very winding road. Um, but just kind of getting to the beginning, I started as an intern. I was the rally fry girl for the Seattle Mariners and uh, what used to be Fox Sports Northwest. It's now Root Sports. Basically, my job was to do everything from run game notes to the talent to um, look up fun facts about how much gasoline costs in the year 1991 to um, the fifth or sixth inning they would choose a winning sign in the crowd and I would take them garlic, not even garlic fries. They were, everybody thought they were garlic fries. They were regular French fries um, on camera and deliver them to the winning fans. So that was exciting. Um, from there, I got my first job uh, working as a sports slash politics reporter Ooh. in Helena, Montana, market 291 out of like what was like 309 markets at the time or whatever. Oh no, I'm sorry. What market 191 out of what was 210 markets at the time. Okay. Um, ooh, ooh, small, very small, small station. Um, I was there for a, about a little over a year and a half, actually like one month and eight or one year and eight months, but it's not like I wasn't counting or anything. Um, <laughs> I was in Helena, <laughs> Helena, Montana. And, and then I, I did, um, in that time, work my way up to like sports anchor. So I was anchoring, uh, the station was out of great falls, Montana. So very, kind of very small market experience, learned everything as a one-man band, one-woman band. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Updated odds for everything from live games, the conference championships, right through to the final four in the championship game. Bet Online is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use your promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your bonus. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Uh, from there, I 
was uh, I went to Atlanta. I became the team reporter for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, that was great. The organization was great, but it was just like, I was like 25 and in Atlanta, I didn't know anybody when I went there and was very like isolated. Their facility is very out, um, outside of Atlanta. So it was, it was like, it was tough. I lived in a hotel for a season, um, came back to the West coast and was lucky to land with, um, at the time it was scout.com. It was a, uh, part of foxsports.com. Okay. I got high, that was in Los Angeles. So like that's what had me move to LA again. I was like 25 um same year as I was with the Falcons. Yeah, I was 25 and in LA and I like couldn't have in a million years imagined that I would have like landed in LA kind of that quickly, although it was like a very, very entry level position in the city as far as like media jobs go. Um and I just like worked my way up. Uh, I went from scout.com to like kind of getting some, that was like freelance contracts. So then I got some freelance work with Fox Sports West on TV. And I got um, then work with Fox Sports One when they launched their network. Uh, before you know it, I was hired full time at the Los Angeles Times, which is like the path I never, I was like, here, do TV. And then before you know it, I'm working for a newspaper. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Um, but they were trying to grow their, uh, video presence online and become kind of more digital. And they saw that I knew how to do that from scout.com and, and could host videos and whatnot for the internet. So they had me do that. And in the meantime, I was like, Hey, if I'm here, can you guys um, help me refine uh, my writing skills? And they did. And so it was a really, really kind of great partnership there for, for me to bring to them the video aspect and then for them to really help me with my writing. And from then ESPN called and said, Hey, uh, you know, we, we've known about you for a few years and now we see you're really increasing your writing skills and we would like you to interview for this position. And I did. And I have been covering now the NFL for ESPN just hit my five year anniversary uh, a couple of weeks ago. So it's been a, a long twisting career of a lot of stuff. Well, happy anniversary, first of all. Thank you. Second of all, I have a very hard hitting question. Do we remember what the gas or do you remember what the gas prices were in 1991? No, I don't. I just, it was, it was one of those things like, remember the last time the Mariners were good? I think it was probably 1995. That was the last time they were good. And it was like, Britney Spears was new on the scene and gas prices were whatever. I think they were like, if I remember right, gas used to be like 90 some odd cents up in the Seattle area. So that's quite the far from where we're at now. It is. That's that's part of why, it, like, for my ears perked up. I'm like, I actually am very curious, but um, but that's fun. I love that kind of stuff. I actually used to work at Fox Sports West uh, myself here in LA, so I remember getting to find all those kind of things. So that those were always kind of little fun facts, and, and we like fun facts on the show. Well, as I said, happy anniversary. Um, you you went through a lot of things there. And I want, I want to go back to a couple of things you said. One of the things you said, of course, when you were at scout.com that you were refining your skills of getting content up on the internet. And that was something that the LA times, you know, was very interested in what you were doing. And then even with ESPN, they knew about you for a few years. So if you can kind of go back a little bit and talk about just learning all these different skill sets and how important that was for you to continue furthering your career. And I imagine even today, that's the case. Yeah, absolutely. It was huge. I mean, really learning those skill sets went back to Great Falls, Montana and working at the local ABC affiliate. It's like there you had to carry around 
I mean, let's like the camera equipment had to carry around weighed probably as much as I did and was definitely older than I was. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're talking like big old cameras, big old tripods. You had to like learn how to shoot your own stuff and get your own stuff on the air. And you had to shoot it. You had to write it. You had to produce it. You had to edit it. All those things. Uh, That actually made my job at scout.com seem kind of easy. Um, you know, I was covering USC college football, obviously, and I was covering high school recruiting in the LA area, which obviously LA is packed with like five star recruits. Mm-hmm. Um, so during that time, I mean, I was working every weekend, and not only was I shooting like one man band um, interviews with all these athletes and at USC, and then I would also have to like write little articles to go along with it. Um, and it, it was just interesting because in my career and I always kind of envisioned myself, like I want to be on TV, I want to be on TV. And then I was like, well, here's a job that can maybe open TV doors, but you also need to write. Mm-hmm. And I think at that time, I really, um, I knew about writing for TV. I knew about writing like anchor leads and whatnot, but I also learned how to write for print and really kind of was able to distinguish like, wow, these are two different styles of writing. And, um, it's so like a lot of trial and error without a lot of eyeballs, which I say there's kind of value in that. There's value in figuring out like who you are, what you're good at when maybe the stakes aren't super high with a huge, huge audience. And um, little did I know, I did have an audience that was was kind of watching and seeing me take shape as a reporter, as a writer, as a broadcaster. Um, and I, so I think that was like an invaluable time, an invaluable opportunity, even though, again, like eyeballs might have been limited. But you you said two things there that I think are very interesting. One of which being obviously getting all those reps and all that experience with fewer eyeballs, but people were paying attention, which led you to mm-hmm. also there's that fine line of you, yeah, you never I know just, who one of those yes. thirty nine viewers are. You never know. <laughs> you never know, and so you want to like be loose and have fun with it and try different things, but also you want your work to speak well of you because exactly you never know who is of those 39 eyeballs well and like i think one of the cool things about kind of when i was coming up in the industry and i'm like i feel so old now because i kind of am old um but it's like when twitter was really kind of still coming i mean twitter wasn't the place it is right now which is just the wild wild west i mean it was still the wild wild west but um it was like a place where a young reporter like myself um, on a beat that was huge in USC football. Like we're talking about like the Lane Kiffin era when they were number one and all this stuff. It enabled me to like work really, really hard and put my work on Twitter. So it's like I was constantly tweeting my work and my video interviews and all my stuff. So even if like my audience on my website was small, like the audience on social media, like hashtag USC football, people were seeing it. Well, it's it's funny that you say that because that's when I started Fangirl, which wasn't called Fangirl at the time, I started for fun and I started putting things on Twitter and tweeting and engaging with people. And it was a place where I was like, oh, I think I can do this. This mm-hmm. is definitely I can do. And so it, it was it was a different place then for sure. Cool though, because like I would get messages. Like I remember like there was like a huge SC upset, right? They lost to like Washington State. I mean, this is like so back in the vault. And I, I, I pulled an all nighter. It was like a prime time game. Pulled an all nighter 
all the reaction from the players I got. I remember getting um, a message from someone pretty prominent, like a reporter who I admire and looked up to. And he was like, you're doing great work. Keep it up. And I was like, oh my gosh, somebody noticed. All right. Like just like a little like encouragement to keep on going that people were out there noticing um, which again, like on a very, it was a beat with some heavy hitters on it and stuff. So for me to have work that was standing out really just because of the effort I was putting in more than anything, it was, it was a pretty cool moment in my career. And it goes back to what we were saying. You just never know who's watching. So that, and that I think from a social media perspective, and this was something I was going to break up, bring up later, but as long as we are on the topic from a social media perspective, kind of how have you navigated that over the years? As you've seen Twitter change, how you, as you've seen Instagram change, because now a lot of eyeballs are watching, even if we don't think they are. And there's always that fine social media line. So how do you kind of navigate that? Yeah. So Twitter, um, I mean, again, I, it's a tool I used to my advantage for so, so long. And I will tell you in the last few years, I have just completely pulled back on it. I, I mean, like talk about like pumping the brakes. Like I've slammed on the brakes on Twitter. Uh, to me, it's just, it's a place full of negativity and I still put my work on it. I just don't really engage on it beyond that. Like I don't go into my mentions. I'm not like, unfortunately for some fans who truly want like to engage, I just don't engage mm-hmm. uh, because too much. It's just, it's just gross stuff that you're getting back and gross by the means of like, just like, what do you know? Like just insult after insult. And it's like, eh, I'm good. Or it's not even insulting toward me. It's insulting toward like all the subjects I'm writing about as far as like NFL players or the game or this. And it's just, it's a constant barrage of negativity. Um, and I know like when I do spend time scrolling through it, it's also like a constant barrage of negativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I put the news on it. I put my work on it and then I try to step away from it. Um, because to me, it's like, at least where I'm at in my career, I don't know that I wouldn't encourage people who are, um, you know, at younger stages of their career. And, and I don't know, people probably, I, I've actually had people say like, I wouldn't advise you to step away from it as much as you have. But I just know for me and where I'm at, I'm comfortable with stepping away. But I also, again, would <laughs> as much as a place, a, tr- a trying place it could be for young reporters, it can also be a great tool still for your work to get recognized. Um, Instagram, on the other hand, <laughs> actually, I met with someone uh, several years ago. She's an influencer, very popular influencer now. And it's been awesome to see her career take off. And she was like, Lindsay, I don't understand why you don't have more followers on Instagram. Like, you should have way more followers on Instagram because, like, you have a platform. Like, you just don't do anything with it. And I was like, oh, that was brutal. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I get in moods sometimes where I really try on Instagram, and then half the time I realize, like, oh my gosh, like my anniversary went by, and it's now five p.m. Like, maybe I should put a post up, or like I'll be at work and I'll get so busy trying to write and trying to do all the things that I'm like, oh, Instagram, shoot, and it's just not top of mind. And I have definitely um, consider me a big. I've taken the big L on Instagram because um, <laughs> for the access, right. no, it's true. For for the access I have, and like. For the you know having the ESPN platform behind me, I probably could have done a lot more, and I just I take the big L there. But you know the thing is with social media, and I think this is you know it's it's different where everybody is in their career. But the thing is with social media is sometimes it happens because it is like another full time job, and yeah, it's not easy. Like it's not like making a real like Tracy. You do an amazing job at this stuff. Like but like making a real, you make it look easy. It is not easy, and it is so time consuming to pick 
pick the the videos or the pictures and to like pick the music and then write the cat. I mean, this is not like this is extra hours on hours on hours. It is. It definitely is. And it's funny because so and you have to shoot it all. And you have to shoot it all. I mean, I even I lost it all. And yeah. It's, and it's funny because so like for us, like for me and for fangirl, social social media is a big part of what we do. Instagram's a, a, even mo- the most of anything. So much a part of what we do. So I've gotten the habit like at practice of getting short clips and in my head being like, okay, I can use these for real. And because I used to take these long clips, I'm like, I'll just edit them down, which takes like forever. So doing these short clips, but when it comes to stuff that's not necessarily for an hour specific and not at practice, and this is something I want to say because I think this is important for our audience to see too, that social media is not necessarily reality. I do have a team of people that work for me that help me with that. You know, they can send me trends and send me ideas and either come over and we shoot like six of them in a day and Mm -hmm. edit them or Bailey, who is amazing, that works for me, um, edits them and she can help me with music. Like these, these, I have people that help me with that. And I'm lucky. That makes, that actually makes me feel really better to know that. Oh, good. I think I, but I want to say it because I think it's important. I think I'm lucky. It is important. And at this point in my business, I can do that because it's so much a part of my business. It's what I get sponsored for. It's what we have partners for. So it's so much a part of my business, but it is a full-time job. But even for me with that help, like I get an email every week from Bailey on my team. That's like, here are things that are trending. Here's what I think you should shoot. Sometimes I get to it. Sometimes I don't, but you basically, I have to wake up every day and think of myself as a content creator and like put myself together because I may have to film something. And that that's a lot of pressure. And so the other thing I would encourage kind of our young listeners and reporters to do is do the best you can, carve out the time you can. And sometimes you just step away from it and that's okay too. It will still be there. It's not for better or worse. It's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, right. Uh, so I'm going <laughs> to pivot a little bit. And you talked about the different places in this industry your work at the LA Times, how that led you to ESPN. I love that you said to them at the LA Times, okay, if I'm going to do this, could you help me refine my writing? So I would love for you to share kind of tips that you have for building relationships in this industry in an authentic way. Yeah, I would just say, um, you know, I just in my experience, it's like, show up every day and get to know the people around you. Um, whether that is the parking attendant, the security guard, the, your colleagues on the beat, even though they're your, they might be your competitors. They're also your colleagues. Some of them can turn out to be wonderful lifelong friends. Some might, I mean, I have one who I would consider him like a lifelong friend, a mentor, um, like a, a pseudo like extra dad almost in my life. Like, um, you know, it's it's amazing. Like it just it's about treating each person you encounter with kindness and really um respect and uh knowing that every every person when you're a reporter um matters who you talk to and they don't matter just because like hey they could turn into be a great source. They matter because like that's what this business is. And and I, I at the heart of it, I think um uh, especially in college courses and whatnot, like they don't do and good enough job at explaining that being a reporter is it's a relationship business mm-hmm. and those relationships are not only going to help you write better stories they're going to probably help you get your next job um you know so it, it doesn't mean you have to be like an a plus plus networker you just need to 
I think the relationships that like organically come to you, like again, the, the people you encounter daily, like just make sure that you're always treating people with kindness the way you want to be treated. And just make sure that you know, like every person matters. Like when I'm on the air, every person, um, you know, from the grip who's running wires to the producer who's, you know, coming up with the last minute, oh my gosh, this breaking news happened. Like make sure you add this to the end of your hit. Like every single person's important. And it's just, it's so important to be a good person and treat everyone, um, you know, but uh, for the importance uh, that they have too, which is is great no matter what the role. Because people and people know the difference between doing that authentically and doing that because it's something you believe you should do and doing that to get something. And you don't want thousand percent to do in the latter. Yeah. <laughs> no, you do not. You you do not want to be the person that's nice because you showed up and need something. No, you just like make it a habit, be a good person. And um, you know, that's to say that always everything's always gonna be perfect, right? Like I definitely have had days on all of my beats that I've ever covered where it's like you have a tough day and you know, some days it's like, ah, oh, stay away. You know, like, can everyone just stay away from me? I'm having a hard day and I don't take it on on people. Um, it doesn't mean you have to be perfect. It just means you need to be a real person and realize that everyone around you um, is a real person too. And, you know, that'll, I think that'll serve you um, professionally, personally, and in many different ways. And it's just like, to your point, authenticity, it, it's something that can be difficult to achieve if, if it's not an everyday thing. So just make it an everyday habit to be kind to people and um, you'll probably be a happier person and, and everyone around you will be um, have a lot of respect for you too. And I like that you do say to people, I'm having a tough day. Can you just give me some space? I, I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it happens. It's going to happen. Or there's like <laughs> days, right? Where it's like, it's chaos. I mean, I know there's a few games I'm um, 2021 season, the Rams were going on a Super Bowl run and like, I'd be down on the field prepping for hits and like, you know, I'm like kind of a space cadet, like in my own head, like going over my lines, like kind of just trying to focus myself. And before, you know, I like somebody wants to come up and be like, Oh my gosh, you're pregnant. And I'm like, yes, I'm so pregnant, but I can't talk right now. And I'm so sorry. And I'll catch up to you later. Um, so it's kind of like, please leave me alone. I'm trying to focus without and that's like always really hard because you are trying to do a job and you're trying to focus and you have to find a tactful way to say like, please leave me alone. Um, like I can't talk right now. Um, while still like not making the person feel like they're not important. Like they are, but like also important is that you are able to do your job. Absolutely. And it is a job. And that's something that I think, especially in our job, sometimes people forget that, uh, that mm-hmm. it is a job. We are at work. And even though it looks really cool and glamorous on TV, there are a lot of hours and preparation that go into doing that job. And, you know, it's like, like you said, you find a nice tactful way to do it. But by the same token, if, if someone was an attorney, and they were in the middle of questioning a witness, you're not walking up and be like, Oh, my God, you're pregnant. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's the example that just stood out. I'm like, yes, I am. And thanks for being excited for me. But I'm on the air in three minutes. And if you keep talking to me about this baby, then I am going to go on there and not know what I'm going to say. Um, so again, it's like walking a fine. Most people are super understanding, but um, again, and that's also where like the benefit of the doubt of like having a pre-existing relationship with people always helps because they're not going to be like, oh, Lindsay's being rude today. It's like, no, like she'll, she'll head us back. Yes, exactly. And then <laughs> yeah, 100%. And that's, and there you nailed it. If you are already known as a nice, thoughtful person, then people will assume that, oh, Lindsay's working. I'll get, she'll get back. Yeah, she'll get back to me. <laughs> She'll get back to me. Uh, going back early on, whether it was potentially with Mariners or at scout.com, 
uh, even LA Times or even early at ESPN. I've given you so many options in the build up to this question. But is there any criticism that you ever received that was tough, but turned out to be super helpful? Yeah, I mean, is there any criticism? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of criticism. <laughs> um, you know, one of the earliest things that stands out is that um, I was criticized for my voice. And somebody told me that my voice was high pitched um, and that I would never make it in the industry because my voice was too high. Uh, what a nice thing to say to a young woman who's just trying to get started. Uh, so that's... You also, I don't feel like you have a high-pitched voice, but also, like, what can you do about that? <laughs> yeah, well, good for me. Uh, yeah, thanks, Tracy, for not thinking I have a high-pitched voice. I hear my voice back, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Um, but I actually ended up taking voice lessons. Oh, um, yeah, I took voice lessons to learn how to speak, like, a little bit lower in my stomach, a little less out of the top of my throat. And so that was um, the feedback when it was given to me. I will tell you, it's not in a constructive manner. It was that wasn't nice. My next question. That, that's yeah, no, it was actually terrible. Um, one of those like unfortunate memories where it's like sometimes you tend to remember the negative more than the positive. You know, when you get feedback, and it's definitely one of those things that stuck with me. Um, but I, I don't know. I kind of I feel like I have the last laugh sometimes. But it was also helpful. It was helpful. Um, and it wasn't the, you know, it wasn't the last time I heard the critique. It was the first time, but it wasn't the last time. And so it's something that I uh, was able to work on. It's something that I remain very, like, it's top of mind. I'm not as much as it used to be, actually. But like, back when I was going on the air, Fox Sports 1 and whatnot, it was very top of mind. And, and that's not where the critique came from. I just don't like made that clear. It was not at Fox where I got the critique. Um, but when I then did get that position on their you know national broadcast, I made sure before I went on the air, I went through my vocal exercises to make sure I was speaking like they call it in vocal awareness. And it's something that I think just naturally I do now. It's just, it's something I don't have to think about. I just make sure when I'm broadcasting, I just take it down a notch. <laughs> and how do you think what, when you say it was a critique, it wasn't the first time you, it was the first time you heard it, but wasn't the last. And it was said in a very unconstructive way. How would you at that point, and even today, do you take those kind of criticisms, take a step back and say, okay, maybe that wasn't said to me in a very nice way, but it might be valid. So I want to work on it. Or alternatively, say that was just mean. And I know that's not true and put it out of your mind. Because that's obviously a difficult thing to do too. Sure. Yeah. Um, and that's like a really hard... Like it, Those are two very different things, right? When you hear something that's not delivered in a productive way, but you're like, oh, that's true. And like, look, I mean, I knew... Um, you don't really know what you sound like, but it, like through my life, I had people like kind of make fun of my voice, but always in like my friends, you know what I mean? It was right. never like someone in a professional setting. So it was something that like deep in me, I already knew was kind of a little bit of a, a thing. But then when I had this professional tell me and she just was like pretty mean about it, um, I I was like, okay, like I know this is a thing and I don't want this to be a thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, in fact, uh, it's like kind of... I'm not comparing myself to Michael Jordan, but you know, he got up on it and gave a speech and it's like, he remembered all the negatives and all the people who didn't start him and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. It's like something where I was like, I'm not going to let this person be right. I'm not going to let this person be correct because I know this could be a weakness of mine um, when I'm, as I progress in the industry. So I heard it and I did something about it. 
And, you know, that then it did come up again, you know, in a much more constructive way a couple years later. And I continue to do work on it. And it hasn't been an issue since. Um, so it, it's just, and I, I have had other feedback, right? Um, regarding, gosh, I had a news director when I was trying my first job. I drove my demo tapes. This is back when like, you know, YouTube was just coming on the scene. So we actually had to make demo tapes and drive them and drop them off at stations. Or you could mail them, but driving them was more personable. I drove to a station in Redding, California. And the news director was in. And she's like, oh yeah, I have a minute. I'll watch your tape with you. And I went, and she goes, oh my gosh, your hair is awful. Your grow out is awful. And she was like, what is this outfit you're wearing? And she just ripped on <laughs> and I was like, that was like feedback where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to leave all that. Like, I like my hair. I thought my outfit, you know, with blazer and a, like a lavender blouse. I still remember it to this day. And I was like, okay, I'm just, that's not someone, I, I must have caught her on a bad day. Or maybe that was her real opinion of me. But that was not an opinion that I valued. And it also was something that like, deep down, I knew wasn't true. Like, my hair was fine. My outfit was great. On a with her day. And that's, I, I think, and especially that's really important that you kind of had that experience, especially now in the world of social media, because we as women do get a lot of that unsolicited from people that don't have a photo as their profile and their username is user 2727893. Um, and then tell us everything we did wrong and why we look terrible. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. So I think it's important maybe to have had that experience before all that to maybe help, help with it now. Yeah, no, it, um, uh, when you have someone in real life tell you your hair looks like you have a bad dye job <laughs> and a bad outfit, you're like, all right, cool. Like, I, you know what? Like, this is not, this isn't what I came here for, but thank you so much for that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your help. I'll keep on yeah. going. Oh, yeah. I'll get back in my car and keep going south on I 5. It's like amazing to me that someone would say, I have a minute, I'll sit with you and you're real. And then that's what they decided. Yeah. Yeah, well, and you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe to her, maybe my hair was just so distracting that, and my lavender blouse was just too distracting. But um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it happened. It was just that that one was wild to me. Oh, it happens all the time. I get people all the time my DMs that tell me what they did and did not like about my outfit. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, I, and part I do like vote on game day. I do votes in my Instagram stories, and most everyone. I, I, I I have voted. And I'm glad because that's fun. Yeah. And most everyone's like really positive. But what I like is someone's outfit doesn't win. And then they DM me. I They never know that I see it. But they'll DM me to tell me how it was too bad that theirs didn't win and all the reasons. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. It is wild. It is wild. But that's part of the world we live in. And I still do the voting because I don't care. I think it's fun. <laughs> that's and, and people seem to enjoy it. And so why not? Uh, but you can't. Yeah can't take any of it too seriously. No, uh, no. Before we get to day in the life, which I think is going to be really informative and, and cool for our listeners to hear. I'd love to talk a little. You became a mom a couple of years ago, as you alluded to earlier, uh, to an adorable, adorable baby. <laughs> so over these last couple of years, how have you found and I'm not I don't want to use the word balance because I think it's sometimes I think it's a dirty word. But I also think it's like a miss a fallacy. I don't think it happens. But how have you navigated your work life, your personal life, your mom life? Kind of what changes have you had to make in the last couple of years? Yeah, it's it's been wild. Um, you know, just going through a season pregnant and 
going through this last season having an infant at home. Uh, yeah, I will tell you this, that I used to stare at my computer for days before I was able to get my brain to write a big feature. That does not happen. That like mental block that used to be there is not there. I don't have time to stare at a blank screen for days <laughs> anymore. Like it has just cleared my mental block. I have a finite amount of time to get my work done. Like I will say very openly, we have a full-time nanny who helps my husband and myself with our little guy. Um, she is a godsend. I couldn't do it without her. And I think it's really important, um, especially for young women um, who might be listening for, for moms to be transparent, right? Because it's like on my Instagram, you probably, if anyone sees it, they're like, Oh my gosh, how does she do it? How is she a mom and does all this stuff? And it's like, I, I couldn't do it without help. Like I, I couldn't. And um, so I have a lot of help to my husband and again, our wonderful nanny. Um, but I will say like, I mean, when I'm home and I'm mom, I try to be mom. Like I really try to get, and in this industry, it's hard, but I try to get all my work done when I'm at the practice facility. Um, so that when I come home, it's like, I guess my ringer is on. If breaking news happens, if a text comes in, I have to get to it. I get to it. But I really try to just you know, I only have so many hours with my son in a day and I try to make the most of those hours. Uh, and it, that's different from in the past because like I would put my husband, <laughs> bless his soul, I would put him second to work. Like if work happened, I would just be like, oh, or I would like, again, I'd have like writer's block or I would do stuff and I would just like, I would let it drag on. And um, I just don't do that anymore. I get stuff done. The minute an assignment hits, if I can complete it, I complete it because I, I've just learned to be so much more efficient. And you just realize like you only have so many hours in the day and you got to squeeze an entire another little person in. And that little person definitely deserves your time. So mm -hmm. it's, it's I, I don't say it's been easy, but it's been probably an easier transition than I anticipated because again, like when it comes to writing, it was just something that consumed me before I'd be able to get going. And it just, it doesn't anymore. Which there, there's something to be said for that. Like that's a real, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean I like don't care about my stories. Like I fret over small details and stuff. It's just, again, like I know I don't have the time to sit there and overthink it. And it just like goes back to like one of my uh, mentors told me he would always just say Lindsay just write just write like sit down at your computer and just write I'm like easy for you to say like uh, <laughs> but I have found that like having a little dude at home I get to my computer and I just write and it's easier to go back and like refine and flesh out and your editor will take a run through it but um yeah that's that's been the number one thing um because like he's only a little for so long and I want to make sure that that I'm there and I don't miss you know everything I will miss some things and I've had to like deal with that I'm um, not always easy, but like I will say in the day and age of FaceTime and mm. all these, like you can take a video so easily on your phone. I think it does make it a little easier to be away once in a while. I, I get that on the writing thing though, because there are times where I sit and I sit and then I, when I finally write it, it took me, oh, I don't know, like maybe 90 minutes. And if I had just done it. So I think that's great. And I think it's great kind of that you have that push because you're right. That's, there's only so much time where he's going to be little. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I guess this seems like a very good transition into day in the life of Lindsay Theory. And you could pick whatever day you want. If you want a normal weekday practice, if you want a game day, if you just want a random day, but would love to know, <clears throat> excuse me, I've been 
losing my voice and slowly but surely coming back. But sometimes it has a moment. Uh, but it would love to just kind of know what a day in your life is like. Um, okay, let's see. Like, probably, uh, we'll do like in season because out of season, it's like, uh, it's, there's not enough structure. I'm, I love, I live by structure in the off season. I don't like the off season because of no structure. Um, <laughs> so the in season, it's much more structured. So, like, day in life would be, um, 5 30 a.m., little guy starts stirring, and usually I'd go put the pacifier back in, be like, please give me 30 more minutes. Um, <laughs> 6 a.m., <laughs> so 6 a.m. is like, get up, help get the little guy up. Um, you know, bake up some breakfast, start getting ready for work, play with him, play with him. And then, uh, you know, try to hit the road for like practically around 9am. And, um, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's fun. It's a news conference with the head coach. Like now it's Brandon Staley. Then you go watch practice for a little while. Um, you know, usually there's a little bit of news that comes with talking to the head coach, write a quick news story go to open locker room, talk to players for 45 minutes, beg PR to get a few extra bonus minutes in the <laughs> locker room, <laughs> you know, come back out, write anything. Um, sometimes it's like taping a hit for a sports center, um, all on your iPhone. So learn how to one man band. If, if ESPN's a goal for you one day, even the biggest network sports network we're one man banding a lot of the time. Um, so you gotta be good at it. And like wrap up any things, maybe talk to my editor for a few minutes. And uh, then I hit the road home at about four thirty, five o'clock on, on a weekday and I uh, get home. And usually if my husband's home, he'll be have, hopefully making dinner <laughs> um, and, uh, and hang out with a little guy until he goes to bed at seven 30, at which point I'll tell myself, I'm going to get a little more work done. And then I decide, no, I'm tired too. <laughs> and then I usually even bet, in bed by uh by nine that's, sadly enough and that is not my what my life used to be. i used to be up until like one in the morning every morning but um not anymore because when when you have a little human alarm that goes off at 5 30 you need that sleep you really do and it is yeah it's i also think the older we get the more we realize like sleep is great like we need sleep sleep is important <laughs> we need sleep yeah yeah it's very funny. much so when you say the with the pass, pacifier and that extra 30 minutes, because it is amazing how different 5.30 and 6 is. Oh my gosh. It's like the 5 o'clock hour versus the 6 o'clock hour. Night, I mean, that's like night and day. Like if you tell really? me you're getting up at, at the 5, like at 5.30, I'm like, oh my God, you're six something. I'm like, oh, that sounds hard, but like doable. Um, Yeah, we can, we can do 6, but we do not, we do not condone getting out of the crib before 6am. No, no, no. <laughs> Keep that as long as possible. Yeah, that is, that is very fair. Well, that is a very full day and I'm glad you took us through it. And I'm through that. And I'm glad that you talked about practice because <clears throat> I, I think that's something our listeners don't really know how all of that works. And so it, it's great to kind of hear for them to hear, you know, this is, you go to practice, you have open locker room, you have the coach and, and everything. And because I think a lot of times I've had people ask me if I just go to practice because I think it's fun. And I'm like, no, that's, that's as, as fun as it is. Um, it, as, as fun as it is, it's part of our job. And as fun as it job. is, you better be paying attention because if someone's not there, um, like a star wide receiver, and then all of a sudden you go back in the media room and you have uh, another outlet reporting someone's not there because of X, Y, or Z, and you didn't take attendance and you don't know they're there, ooh-wee, yeah, <laughs> you didn't do your job. You did not. And that probably is going to cause some phone calls from a boss or two. Like, yes, indeed. 
It's very, it is very important. All right. I am going to let you go very shortly, but first we are going to do five fun facts, which I think you probably know this, Lindsay, and our listeners definitely do. It's something I started with the 49ers players and we do it on video and they tell us five things about themselves you wouldn't otherwise know. But on this podcast, we ask everybody the same five questions every week, which has been really awesome because it's amazing how different the answers are with the same questions, which as, as the host, I always find to be, well, fun. So if you're ready, five fun facts. I'm ready. All yeah. right. Five fun facts with Lindsay Theory. Lindsay, what is your favorite moment in sports? The 1995 American League Division Series, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. rounding third base. The Mariners defeat the Yankees. All right. That's a solid one. Your life. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, just work hard. It's pretty simple. I just, just work hard. Uh, good things come to, to those who put in the work. Keep it simple. What is your go-to workout? Uh, don't laugh, but um, I got super into this during the pandemic. Um, the Tone It Up app. Like 20-minute workouts. You can do one, you can do two. And uh, it got me totally in shape for my wedding. And once in a while, I try to do it still. Um, so that's because you noticed that wasn't part of my daily routine. Well, it's a little bit. You have a workout you're running after a child. So I think that probably yeah. a bit of a workout itself. And you're running out to practice and back. I find that to be a, like a workday workout. You're, you know, even when you're not practicing, walking around that field, it's a lot. What it's is your, lot. I mean, even if you yourself are not participating. Oh, what's your <laughs> coffee order? Uh, I do love an iced caramel macchiato before it gets blended up. Like got to drink the milk first, then the coffee. Delicious. Um, I also love a caramel macchiato, hot or iced. They're just so yummy. They're the best. And last but not least, a book every woman should read. Uh, a book I think is very helpful, um, especially as we tend to worry about things that are totally out of our control so often, especially in this industry. Uh, the Subtle Art of Not Giving uh, F. Good Fair enough. Teach you how to, how to worry more about the stuff you should worry about it and leave the other stuff alone. <laughs> Fantastic. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me today. Tracy, my pleasure. I'm glad this finally worked out. I've been a big, big fan of the pod and now it's a, it's a, my pleasure to actually get to be on it. Will you let everyone know where they can find you? Uh, sure. My Twitter is Lindsay with an E and my last name's Theory. It's T-H-I-R-Y. And same thing on Instagram where I promise to be better. <laughs> Fantastic. You guys, if you like what you heard, and I know that you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review. We are brought to you by Bet Online. You can follow me on Twitter at Tracy FGSN, on Instagram at Tracy Sandler. And with that, we'll talk to everybody next time. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.